Hello, this is Pastor Ed, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you're with us today for this episode for Sunday, October 16th, 2022. It's entitled, Telling Time for Beginners, The Deception Agenda. We've been learning how to tell time, how to know where we are in human history relating to the last days. Do you like history? I love history. In fact, there's a great saying, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to listen to Pastor Ed lecture on it. (laughs) You see, you really should have paid attention in history class, but you didn't, and so now I get to lecture. A favorite tactic of the Nazi soldiers in World War II in Germany and in France was turning road direction signs in the wrong direction to misdirect, to deceive, to mislead the American soldiers who were in hot pursuit. For example, let's say there was a road sign at an intersection and it said Paris, 50 kilometers, and it was pointing south. They would turn the sign around so that the American soldiers might think that Paris was 50 clicks to the north. Of course, American soldiers were too smart for that because they used a compass and a map and they knew a ruse, a deception when they saw one. Now, here's a true quote. In war, the first casualty is true. True that. That's definitely true. You know, the number one question that should be asked by cattle which are fed by a rancher, is this question. Why are you being so nice to me? Now, the rancher will use deception when he answers. Yes, ranchers talk to cows. Now, why would he use deception? Well, obviously, if the rancher told the cattle the truth, the cattle wouldn't stampede, right? Absolutely. Several decades ago, Ronald Reagan You remember Ronald Reagan, the president the media said was too old and senile, probably had dementia, much too old to be president. (laughs) Man, look at where we are now. You remember Ronald Reagan. He said the 10 most frightening words spoken today are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Think about that. Global elites most of whom are politicians, global elites tell us they only want to help us to be safe and secure. All of the oppressive government tactics are just to help us. Don't you understand that? You can almost hear them saying, we're from the global government and we're only here to help you. Mm Mm-hmm, I'm sure. Now, you know, to me and maybe to you as well, it's become obvious that deception on a breathtaking scale is common today, and yet the clueless among us are oblivious to it. And for you progressives out there who might be listening, that means you don't even see it. I'm going to give you an example. Just last Friday, I had the extreme misfortune to have to drive near the local Memphis baby abortuary operated by Planned Parenthood. You know, even their name is deceptive, right? And I had a surreal moment as the Lord brought to my attention the absurdity of this deception agenda we are trapped in. 
about 100 yards away from where babies are mercilessly slaughtered, there is a preschool with children happily playing outside, and they even had an attentive staff making sure they were safe. You know, it was a very moving spiritual moment for me as I realized just the craziness that we are trapped in in this world. Because a hundred yards away from those happy children, children are condemned to death. Now, before you criticize me, I just want you to know something. I don't just complain. I write checks to our local baby and mother rescue crisis pregnancy centers here to help save babies. What are you doing? Imagine if every Christian gave just a little bit of money a month to a crisis pregnancy center in their area, how we could do two things. We could save babies and help their mothers. And the second thing we could do is depopulate the clientele of Planned Parenthood. It's a winner every way you look at it, right? You know, I just hate when people or bloodthirsty child sacrifice mercenary organizations lie to me and they know that I know they are lying to me and they lie anyway. Don't you hate when that happens? Now listen, let's agree right now. We are dealing with the deception agenda. And this is the overarching question for the episode today. How did this deception agenda get started? I mean, that ought to be a big question in our minds, not just about Planned Parenthood and all of that, but just about everything we see is shrouded in deception. All right, well, let's think about it. Who started it? Now, that's not a question. I'm making a statement of truth here about what I'm about to say. Who started it? Well, you guessed it, Saturday Night Live's church lady was right. Satan, say it with me, Satan started this. In Isaiah the prophet, chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, we read here, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. That's speaking about Lucifer better known as Satan after his fall. Now in Revelation chapter 12, verse 19, I'm going to read a passage there, and I think that this describes what is going to happen in the future, right at the start of the tribulation, or maybe the midpoint, but it could possibly point back to what happened in the beginning, after the angels were created. But let's read in Revelation 12, verse 19. Either way, this is what happens. And the great dragon, and we know because it's going to tell us right here who it is. And the great dragon was cast out, 
that old serpent called the devil and Satan. So is there any question about who we're talking about? No. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. You know, we've often thought that it was a third of the angels that rebelled with him. I think I'm correct in saying that in the Bible, there's not actually a number given um, that says it specifically. Or maybe I'm wrong on that. I'll tell you what, I'll give you some homework. You search it out. Read the Bible from Genesis to the end of Revelation. But we've often thought of that in terms of a third, I think because it refers to a third of the stars being thrown down. And I believe that's in Revelation. I just drew a little blank there. Anyway, whenever this happens, we know that Satan and some of the angels are cast out with him. But guess what? Guess where they are cast out to? And, you, and we see it. We see it right here in Genesis 3.1. Now, the serpent, who is that? Well, just what we read in Revelation 12.19. He's called the devil and Satan. And we saw that he's described as the great dragon in Revelation 12.19. Isn't it interesting how dragons are in folklore all around the world? Maybe because they once existed I'm not saying they were necessarily fire-breathing, but dragons once existed, but the ultimate great dragon is, guess who? Satan himself. Genesis 3.1 says, and I believe what I'm about to read to you is a historical account. It's not a fable. It's not a myth. God is telling us about one of the most important things that happened in the past affecting humankind. It's clear cut. Genesis 3, 1. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And I think here, though it probably was through, I mean, I'm not saying probably, it obviously was through a serpent. It was Satan speaking through this serpent. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now we're not going to go through the whole story there, but notice here it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. That word subtle in Hebrew is a word which means sly, artful, cunning, you could say deceptive. First, he aimed at the angels and got a large number of them, right? Then he turned his attention along with those angels that we call demons today to take down humans. Are you understanding the battle that we're in? By the way, did you know that in yoga, which is always has always been an Eastern false religion from way back, 
and has been cleaned up for the West and called exercise, did you know that yoga has in it what is called a kundalini spirit? Now, what is that? Get ready for this. It's a serpent spirit that takes true practitioners captives to Satan. That's what it does. They might not realize that, but that's the result. And I want you to check it out. I want you to research it. I've never heard of that, Pastor Ed. How could this be? Do your homework. Because, see, I've already done it. And this kundalini spirit according to a new ager who I, I heard her testimony. She was a very deep into the new age and the occult, and she was a yoga teacher. And the problem is, though, for Satan is that she came to Jesus Christ as her Savior. She got saved. And she explains now to anyone who will listen what yoga is actually all about. Satan is behind all false religion. So, what are we going to do with this? Well, let's find out how and why the deception agenda continues. We're going to read from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 5, verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. See any of that going on today? It went on in Isaiah's day, and it's continuing in greater intensity today. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We see that all around us today. Things that that humanity has called evil for 5,000 years of recorded human history is now called good. And things that have been called good is now called evil. We live right in the middle of this. And then the prophet Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 17, 9. And this is about you and it's about me, about us. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, when people say, well, I go where my heart leads me, <laughs> I just remember like, man, I hope you're saved because if you're not, you're being led by an evil heart. When we're lost, we are just completely under the bondage of sin. That's a fact. Even when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, there remains a battle to some degree between the desires of the flesh and our old way of thinking and that old evil heart and living in the power of the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture. So, well, I don't believe that. Well, you're wrong because every true Christian in the world goes through this battle. And if you're struggling, don't give up because it's not that you're so weird or something. It's that we are in a war. And part of that is our heart. And God says, hey, the way, the way we have been as lost people, our heart is desperately wicked. Thankfully, God gives us a new heart 
and we can begin to live according to his will. In Jeremiah 9, 5, the prophet Jeremiah says, and talking about um, how we are as people, and they will deceive everyone, his neighbor. Let me read that again. And they will deceive everyone, his neighbor. You know, it's bad enough if you deceive somebody that lives across town that you don't deal with or live beside. But we deceive our neighbors, God says, and they will deceive everyone his neighbor and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies and weary themselves to commit iniquity and sin. Wow, we are a mess as a human race. The prophet Zechariah in chapter 13, verse 4, explains something, and I'm going to read it in a moment, but I'm going to tell you what he's basically going to say, that this deception agenda is spread especially by false religions. Like there's really only, there are really only two religions, if you think of it that way, in the world. The, The religion God has and I hate to even use that word, it's really a relationship with Jesus Christ, but the truth, and there's false religion. Now, there's, you know, one large false religion started initially by Satan to, like, he turned the road sign to Paris, that idea. Oh, no, don't go that way, go this way. And there's only... Two religions in the world, let's think of it that way, belief in Christ, that Christ has done everything necessary for us to be saved, and we cannot save ourselves. We cannot do good works. We have to throw ourselves completely on the Lord Jesus Christ alone. That's God's way, all right? Or... False religion says, well, you can do good works. You can earn merit with God. You can can earn your way to heaven. You can figure this out on your own. Who needs Jesus? That's what false religion is all about. There's only one false religion, but there's 31 flavors, just like Baskin-Robbins ice cream. There's all kind of flavors to appeal to all kind of people. But there's only the way of Christ and the way of Satan. That's it. It doesn't matter what flavor that false way comes in. But listen to what Zechariah 13 verse 4 says. And it shall come to pass in that day that the prophet shall be ashamed every one of his vision when he hath prophesied, neither shall they wear a rough garment like a, a, a prophet's garment, to deceive. So says they're not going to do that anymore, but the point is they had been doing that and they would be ashamed of the, their false way. So what we derive from that, I'm taking the long way around to say this, is that religion, especially religious leaders, often deceive people about the truth. And especially if they're a false leader of one of the 31 flavors of false religion in the world. 
I hope this is becoming clearer to you. Now, how to end the deception agenda. That is like, you know, how do you deal with this every day? How to end the deception agenda. Well, here it is in a nutshell. Get wise to the word of God. If you're a Christian, the mind of Christ dwells in you and the Holy Spirit will guide you and teach you the word of God if you will open it up and read it. Get wise to the word of God. Do not depend on me once a week. Do not depend on going to your Christian church once a week to hear the word of God. Get wise to the word of God every day. Develop some discernment. And actually, if you get wise to the word of God, you will find being developed in you the discernment of the Holy Spirit from the word of God that he gives you and depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you day by day, moment by moment through this deceptive world. I was riding around this week and I was just marveling at how impossible it is for someone to make their way in the world in which we live today without knowing the game plan, the playbook. They have no roadmap. And without that, how can you possibly know what's going on and what to do? You can't. That's why we see train wrecks everywhere around us. Jesus says in Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, and then a little farther down in that chapter, in verse 24, listen, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And then in verse 24, he says, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That is, it will be so overwhelming, so powerful that even God's own children would be led astray if God did not protect them. Now, what are the ways that he protects us? When we know the word of God. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to know the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation, in one week. We take this in like food every day. Get wise to the word of God. Develop some discernment. Depend on the Holy Spirit to guide you by his word through this deceptive world. Jesus said it is going to be immensely deceptive in the last days. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write this, let no man deceive himself. No, oh, a moment ago, we we're talking about people trying to deceive us. Now, people, you know, if we're not careful, we're not wise to the word of God, reading the word and the power of the Holy Spirit, 
gaining discernment, we can lie to ourselves. That's how deceptive deception is. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. So if you think you're all that in a bag of chips and you know the plan, you don't need the word of God. You've got the number on this thing. You've got it down cold, but you don't know the word of God. You are acting like a fool. Now that's from the word of God. And Paul's counsel is, and the power of the Holy Spirit is this. If you think you're all that and a bag of chips and you're worldly wise, it would be better for the world to think you're a complete moron, a fool, because you're following Christ and living according to his word. He says, that's how you get really wise. You want to be a wise guy, a wise gal? Get in the word of God and you will know more than your teachers. That's the promise of God's word. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Oh man, come on. Listen, when, when we're thinking we're living by the world and we've got this down and we don't need God, we don't need his word, that's when we're really being a fool. So it would be better to be thought to be a fool by the world that hates God and yet really be wise. That's the decision you got to make. And you got to make it today. Did you know that? Every single day when you get up and you go out into this world trapped in a deception agenda, every single day you've got to choose to be wise according to the word of God and the will of God guided by the Holy Spirit of God. Now in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, notice we've been looking at verses that talk about deceive, being deceived, deception. There's a pattern here. I didn't look them all up, but these are some across the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. All right, basically the idea of deception. So in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, we find out that we are to be careful not to be deceived about the last days and we are to be careful that we are not deceived about who the Antichrist is. Now, I don't plan to be here then because I'm either going to die by my personal death, leave here by my personal death before then, or I will be taken out with those who know the Lord Jesus Christ at the rapture of the church. But anyway, let me read. This from 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and then also going to verses 9 through 11. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, it's talking about like um, the, the judgment day of the Lord. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. That's an apostasy by those who say they love the truth but they fall away from the truth. They say they love Christ, but they deny him. Let's read it again. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Who's he talking about? The beast, 
the Antichrist that you've heard so much about. And then it says in verse nine, verses 9 through 11 about him, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now listen to verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. In other words, they had the opportunity to embrace the truth about Jesus Christ, who himself is truth, and they rejected that. They found other things to do. They said, oh, I don't believe that, or I don't need that. I'm good enough, whatever. They, they in their deception, they're dying because of that, and they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now in the Greek, it's believe the lie. And what's the ultimate lie, I think, referred to here? Because it's in the context of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 about when the Antichrist ceases the temple worship, goes into the Holy of Holies, declares to the world at the three and a half year point of the tribulation that he is God and he forces the entire world to worship him as God, just like the Caesars did, only he's the ultimate fulfillment of that. That's what it's talking about. Well, the people who have have put off Jesus, rejected Jesus, denied Jesus, mocked him, ridiculed him, just had no time for him, even hated him, first in line for the mark of the beast. They will love this false Christ, the Antichrist. Let me read verse 11 again. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Get it? Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 says this, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In 2 John chapter 1, verse 7, we read this, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So anyone who does not believe and, and proclaim uh, theologically that Jesus Christ was born the perfect God, the perfect man, just as we know in the Gospels, no matter what else they say, they are a deceiver and they are of the Antichrist spirit. Now in Revelation 13, verse 14, we read this. And this is in the passage where we see the beast revealed, the Antichrist revealed in Revelation 13, and also the false prophet who leads the world in, in um, obeying the the uh, demand that the Antichrist be worshipped. So we're going to read just one verse there. You should read the whole chapter. But Revelation 13, 14 says, 
and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And you need to read the whole passage to to understand what's going to happen when that occurs. All right? But notice the deception. Every verse I've read dealt with deception, the deception agenda that Satan started first in heaven, right? When he rebelled against God, his creator, and then he brought it to the earth, to God's new creation, to, you know, him and the angels that he deceived, to also deceive humanity. And I would say, by and large, he's done an awesome job, unfortunately. Now, let's look at how the deception agenda will be ended. Here it is in Revelation 19, verse 20. This is after, this is after the Lord returns in what is called the second coming. There's the rapture, then there's the tribulation, then there's the second coming. This is after the millennial kingdom. Well, Pastor Ed, how can you talk about a millennial kingdom? Don't you know that's just an allegory, a metaphor? No, it's not. That comes from Augustine, who allegorized almost the entire Bible. All right? And then that was adopted by most churches, which is a terrible mistake. So we know that. Let me answer your question from Revelation 20 where the Lord rules in the kingdom that he has promised, and he rules the world from Jerusalem. (laughs) How about that? And the world has no choice. It may not even like it, but it has no choice. Now, many will, obviously, but there will be a rebellion at the end, which he immediately puts down. And then we're going to see... um, the Lord just completely takes over. And I've gotten ahead of myself. In Revelation 19 and verse 20, this is, I shouldn't have said everything I just said because I got ahead of myself. But right here, what I'm about to read occurs at the second coming of Christ. And then that other happens, all right? So there's the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming. And this that I'm going to read right now happens at the second coming. What's going to happen to the beast and the false prophet? Revelation 19, 20, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And I, I'm going to tell you something I neglected to do, and I just realized I didn't do this. I did not put here for me to read the passage after this in Revelation, where after the millennial kingdom, and then there's a rebellion of those within that kingdom who refuse to worship Jesus in a perfect environment. So that shows mankind has something wrong in his heart, right? So 
There is a brief rebellion. I mean, it's like, I don't know, five seconds. And Satan himself, if you read the rest of Revelation, he is thrown into the lake of fire with the beast and the false prophet. That's how the deception agenda will be ended. And there will never, ever, 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 ever again be deception in the world. Now, this is my last point. You've done great so far. Don't bail on me now. All right, listen. Let's look at this. This is a question. Who will end the deception agenda in your life if you're not a Christian? Who's going to end that for you right now? You know, it's great about uh, the future and the tribulation and the second coming and millennial kingdom. What about you right now if you do not know Jesus? Who will end the deception agenda in your life? Well, remember the sign-turning Nazis? <laughs> Jesus Christ sent me to turn the road sign back in the right direction to him. It's Jesus Christ. And follow your roadmap to Jesus Christ. If you don't know him today as your Savior and Lord, or you're, you're not sure. I mean, you have some major league confusion and doubts. Probably you're not a Christian. Come today to Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to what Jesus said in John 14, verses 1 through 6. This is on the night of the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, the night of his betrayal. He shortly, I mean, right after this, he's going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's going to pray, he's going to be arrested, then the trials, then the uh, scourging, carrying the cross, the crucifixion, and then, of course, his death, burial, resurrection, the 40 days, and then the ascension. This is what Jesus said in John 14, 1 through 6, to his disciples, specifically the apostles. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. So that place he's going to prepare where he's been, he comes back to get us, to take us back to where he has been preparing a place that we can be there with him. Meditate on verse 3. Now in verses 4 through 6, he goes on, And whither I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's how the deception agenda is ended in your life. You come to Jesus. He's actually the way to heaven. He's the truth that you need, and he is the life that you want. And Jesus says at the end of that, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the only way anyone ever gets to heaven. There's no other way. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today. You know, the good news is the deception agenda started in heaven, but it will end in hell for Satan. But that deception agenda could be ended today in your life, in real life, today, now, real time, when you come to Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. All right, I want you to either put this in your phone right now or jot it down on paper. Ready? 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. Call that number and someone will talk with you about how to become a Christian today or how to live a victorious Christian life for the Lord starting today. 877-247-2426. And I want you to know today that with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know for sure how your eternity will turn out. It's going to be great. Instead of following Satan and being condemned to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven and eternity with God. Some of you may even want to go to chataboutjesus.com. Hey, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans chapter 10 Verse 13, we read here, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I thank you for listening today. I hope this has meant so much to you. You will like the episode, follow the podcast, and share it right now where you're listening with someone who needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the way out of the deception agenda. Thanks for listening. If I'm still here, the Lord doesn't come first. I'll be back next week with another episode from This Week in the Word at drhill.podbean.com. Bye-bye.